Welcome back to another sparkling edition of the Thought Police with me, Mike Graham, and Matt Kelly, editor of the New European. Hello. Now, one of the things we do quite a lot is we ask people to email us if they've got things they want us to discuss. And quite a few people lately have been emailing us about the state of the media and the state of newspapers and online businesses and all of that. Yeah. Um, tell us about what you're looking at there. So there's, a, there's a, an email from Hugh Besson. Thank okay. you. Thank you, Hugh. Uh, Hi guys, uh, printed newspapers are clearly dying because the people who buy them are literally dying out, that's true, and online newspapers are all very clunky as far as I can tell. Um, I, I want a written medium where there's space to explain and justify and present both sides of an argument. How could that work? I note the athletic thing for sports, that's yes. an interesting topic to talk about. Yeah. Uh, but do they really expect us to pay another subscription? Is there an advert-funded model that could work? Yeah. So, I mean, the question really about the whole, what is the future of mm. news consumption going yeah. to be? Well, in a way, you're more qualified than I am to talk about this because yeah. you're running, um, as you've told people before, uh, a sort of a, an online version of local news, if yes. you like. Yeah. Um, in a, but, but in a sort of, in, in the round. Yeah. It's not just in one place, it's all over the place. Right? So, I mean, the big mistake that we all made as an industry was that we, we started giving it all away for free, yeah. you know, online, because we thought that was the... That was the thing to do. If you remember, it started out as a as a nothing, you know, a little novelty yeah. experiment. Well, you and were involved from the very start. I, 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 I designed the, the very first Mirror yeah. website, yeah. you know. So, and I've been so I've been doing that now since nineteen ninety seven right. or eight, something yeah. like that. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I remember I got my first email account. I think when I was working at the Mail on Sunday, yeah, uh, which was about ninety eight. Yeah, yeah, and. Um, and so we gave it all away, and we also, I mean, this is no disrespect to the people who were involved in those early days, because I was one of them, yeah. but they didn't always tend to be, like, the brightest and the best, yeah, you know, right. I remember sometimes... Well, also, it was very, it was looked upon with great suspicion by, yes. you know, the print journalists, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, they just kind of looked at you guys doing the online version yeah. and went, well, what are you doing that for? That's right. You're stopping people buying the paper. That's right, and they were right. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, the only mitigation of that is that if we hadn't done it and sort of cannibalised our own business model then someone else would have done it and stepped in you know yeah. and you see like this the success of uh mail online for instance right. and the bbc and you know huffington post and all of this you know all of those entities would have drowned out news, but the mail on newspapers. the mail online took a long time to become profitable didn't yes, it yes it did in and fact, in fact even, i'm not even, even sure it is even today. If, i'm not even sure it is today but they employ an awful lot of people huge yeah. but they churn them a lot as well yeah, a lot of people work there for short periods of time uh, yeah. because it's kind of 12 hour shifts and then they get paid yeah. about 100 120 quid and it's shift. like a conveyor belt it's not what people think of as journalism you know no. when you come out of journalism and it's school. pretty sloppy actually and i mean i yeah. know that mail online is probably one of the better websites but i mean how many errors do you see on it yeah. and how many of these ridiculously long headlines yeah because it's all about getting it out first but it? they do i mean they do all those headlines because that's what google tell them to do yeah. you know because that's what indexes best on searches oh, so the most say. words is better yeah than or, the or just the right amount of words and yeah, all yeah. those sort of blobs that you get under the headline giving you all the key facts and then mm. all of the huge number of photographs you know, every single photograph on the Mail Online has got its own yeah. caption, which someone's had to write. You yeah. know, but and it, it, that's a huge amount of labour. A lot of photographers, of course, are blaming uh, their lack of business as well yeah. on a lot of online stuff where they don't pay that's for the right. pictures that they use. I yeah. mean, that's an interesting area actually, because I mean, even on something like Twitter, yeah. technically speaking, if I publish somebody's picture, which I didn't take, yeah. um, but which belongs to somebody else, even if they're a private individual. 
you know, there's probably something in the terms and conditions that says that, you know, you've given your permission. Yeah. But, I mean, basically, I'm breaching somebody's copyright totally. by publishing to 60,000 people a yeah. picture that's not mine. I mean, the biggest problem photographers have had is when I started on the Formby Times and mm. God knows when, photographers had a big dark room. You know, yeah. they operated Nikon yeah. cameras, which were incredibly complex right. to operate, and they took the film out, yeah. turned the red light on, and then bathed them you know, in that chemicals. Was one of my you know? early, that was one of my early uh, things that I got yeah. into, because my dad... Yeah was a graphic artist. Oh, really? That was his job. Yeah. And he worked for the Evening News. And so I used to go in with him and they had a yeah. massive dark room. Yeah. Um, and so I got an old enlarger that he got from the office. Yeah. And on a Saturday night before match of the day, I used to go and, and develop and, and, and print my own pictures. Well, I did the, yeah. I had exactly the did same. You? I had a dark room in our house. Okay. I had an old I, I only had to use Zenit I, camera. I could only use the, uh, the, the, the bathroom and put all the lights right, on. Right, right. But I had a little dark room light yeah, yeah. and the chemical smell, which I no, loved. Mate, I was I into loved it. the chemical smell. I actually was once exhibited in Ooh. Swiss Cottage Library, okay. don't you know? Okay, yeah. um, and I went down to Brick Lane and took pictures of a guy called yeah. Tubby Isaacs, who I think might still be there. Fantastic. Jerry Deal's stool. Fantastic. It was all black and white. Brilliant. You know, I loved yeah. it. I remember Absolutely getting... loved it. So I, my mum bought me this, uh, it was called a Zenit camera, yeah. and they were like, I think they were about 30 quid. Uh, they were Russian, right. but they were actually really good quality. Yeah, yeah. In a, in, and it was at a time... It was like when a sort of cheap Leica, wasn't it? It was like a cheap sort of Nikon yeah, camera, yeah. Leica, yeah. And... And, and, of course, they were costing hundreds and hundreds yeah. and hundreds of pounds. And so I got well into it. used to go and get that Ilford uh, yeah. film, which was black and white. I think my it. dad used to bring me all the yeah, films. All the films. Yeah. Sorry about that. Nice one. <laughs> <laughs> and the chemicals. But that, I mean, that as a process yeah. was incredibly skillful yeah. and really involved. And and you couldn't do it unless you had, you know, years and years of experience. Well, you remember, were you ever out on the road with the guys um, who were the, the paps who, who were, literally had a black bag? Yeah. And they could develop, and they put the their hands in it that's inside right, that's the right, black bag, that's right. like completely blind, yeah. without knowing what they were doing. I mean, they knew what they yeah. were doing, but without seeing what they were doing. And I, do you remember how photos used to come into yeah. the office when they would scan yeah. line by line? Yeah. They'd scan them in. They'd well, again, it. I did a project on how newspapers are made, yeah. which I guess shows you why I was interested in, in my sort of primary school. I yeah, it was a big thing, and my I had some linotype in there. I had the yeah. uh, the the you know the the drum. The, the wire pictures came yeah, in on. That's right. And I've had a wire. I was, I was fascinated by all that. Well, I mean, it is the most extraordinary thing when you talk about linotype, yeah. when you see actual molten lead yeah. come cascading down yeah. this thing and making type yeah. as the guy types. Yeah. It's, people don't I've been it. told, and I should say this to you, that we should maybe watch it before the next uh, recording of the podcast. Yeah. Uh, there's a show apparently on the BBC called The Papers. I've heard of it. Which this. is all yeah. about the Herald, Glasgow Herald. Yeah. I think it's in two parts. So I'm going to try and watch it yeah. over the next week and maybe we'll talk about well, it. Well, I'm especially interested in that because I applied and was interviewed for the editorship of the, so the Herald. I. Were you really? Was that most recently, like sort of around about 2005-ish? Yes. Yeah. By a guy called Tim Lotter. That's him. Yeah, yeah I was yeah, interviewed yeah. for that job. Right, and I'm, thank God I didn't get it yeah, because I, I think it was an absolute well, disaster. Well, if, if I had got that job, I might never have gone into radio because yeah. I'd just been fired by the Mirror Yeah. Um, and uh, the Mirror were shutting down the Scottish operation. Yeah. And somebody told me they're looking for a new editor at the Herald, and I went, well, I'll yeah. go for that. And of course, they, you, could, you could almost see the sort of dripping sarcasm oh, from God. this guy. It was a nightmare. never wanted to hire me because I'd worked for yeah. tabloid. He was one of yeah. those snobs. That's right. Who clearly thought that, you know. And also, I had a bit of a reputation in Scotland, funnily enough, for being a bit of a troublemaker. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think they quite saw me as the safe pair of hands. Yeah. You know, well, I'd be so fascinated to see what it's like now, because when in t- 2005, when we were going for that job, mm. uh, 
it was still it still thought of itself as like the New York oh, Times. Yeah. Well, of, the Sunday Glasgow, Herald, it got to the point where you know they'd be better to bike around all the copies to uh, you know Byers Road <laughs> and the west side of Glasgow where all the snobs lived because they were down to about twenty thousand. That's right. That's right. And then they started the National, yeah. which of course is this new yeah. SNP paper. But does quite well. Which does all right. It's yeah. not it's not that dissimilar from your model actually, the New no, European. Right. Yeah. Very pro SNP. Yeah. Every um, day though they do it, which yeah. is incredible. Isn't yeah. It? But I don't think they sell much though. I think it's down to about uh, well, 12,000. I don't think. It's I was speaking that. to the um, I was speaking to the chief executive of the company that owns it, Newsquest, okay. and he said it was going really well, and, okay. and it, they turned it into a proper business. Yeah. So Although, good and I know that I will say, so in defence of myself, uh, I will say that I shouldn't be taking this survey seriously. But there was a survey survey done at the weekend uh, about Scottish independence, and fifty six percent of people uh, said that they didn't want Scottish independence. But of course, right. that sort of flies in the face of a lot of the other polls I've done yeah. lately, and it was done for. Um, a unionist type right. organisation so take it with a pinch of salt yeah. but it's still well, I'm gonna, what I'm saying is it's still very far from uh, 50 you know, oh, it's yeah. around about 50-50 well, it's always going to be there I know? think people in England think it's like a shoe in or something yeah, like yeah. that and it's I, really not I was surprised when it when it didn't go through mm. you know but mm. anyway I mean look I mean so that's the photographer's problem is yeah. that you know any idiot now can take a very good photograph with a bloody camera uh, phone you know well so. this phone here that I've got yeah. it's got a portrait uh, um, yes, section right where, where it does can, the depth of field. Where it does the depth, which amazing. is incredible. It's amazing. I mean, I can take pictures that literally look like yeah. you've hired a photographer for about five hundred right. quid an hour. Yeah, to take a picture of somebody's beautiful flower. And the new iPhone's got three different types. I'm of thinking lenses. of getting an eleven actually. I think it's, isn't it the twelve that's out now. And I think it's the eleven. Is it okay? What well, whatever it is, it's and it's the one got, with the three holes. It's got a telephoto people, and a people are and a suffering from some kind of hole phobia. There's a word for it. <laughs> but apparently, when three small holes are close together, they scare some people because it makes the shape of a face. It's I don't know. Of, yeah, I don't know. I can get that. Do you know the Japanese? Totally random yeah. version it. But the Japanese, when they design cars, yeah. and once you know this, you can never look at a car without seeing it. Okay. A car's got to have a happy face. Okay. Right, so you've got your two uh, headlights mm. and the grill. And if, yeah. it, if it's growling, and some, right. some Volkswagens look like they're really pissed yeah. off, right? right. But all, you see, if you look at all the Toyotas mm. and all of the other, the Lexus and all of that, they've all got nice, yeah. happy faces as it's cars. It's interesting, isn't it? Because lights now on cars have become a massive thing. Yes. You know, I mean, my car's got these sort of L-shaped Yes. side lights that are on practically pretty much all the time yeah and i'm told you can really see the car coming from a long way away yeah and you've got those other weird lights that look blue like tungsten yeah yeah, that's yeah. Right. yeah but i mean there's no such thing now as an ordinary light right. i mean I, I imagine your new car has got some pretty fabulous lights the tesla it. yeah i don't know what power i mean i think it's just fairy dust or something yeah like yeah that, yeah well elon musk's yeah. cannabis oil elon or musk's mucus or yeah. something like that <laughs> But I'm about to get a new car, and yeah. the lights go all the way along the side. What are you going to get? Range Rover Velar. <laughs> right? Excuse me. Sorry. I mean, it's probably cheaper than your bloody car. <laughs> but, you know, the thing is, it's got this light that goes all the way, you know, along nice. the outside. Nice. So, you know, and it all lines up, nice. and it's, you know, of course... Do you know what I hate? I hate those indicators that sort of, like, stream. Oh, the, the Audi. Ones I mean. yeah, the, the Audi. Audi ones. Oh, I quite like those. Audi? Yeah. yeah. But, you know, the point is there's no such thing as an ordinary light anymore. No. My favourite car story, I might have mentioned it to you before, was in America when Chevrolet decided to sell cars to the Mexicans because they worked out that some of them actually had some money. And instead of just, you know, pouring piss all over them, they wasn't yeah. trying to sell them some stuff, right? Yeah. So they come up with this car called the Chevy Nova, yeah. right? Which was great in America. Put it down to Mexico. Couldn't understand why nobody was buying it. Yeah. 
And then they worked out that in Spanish, Nova means doesn't go. <laughs> Nova? Nova! <laughs> a guy so, who, you know, people go, well, they're not buying that. You know who Garrison Keeler is? The, yeah. uh, the guy who does those Honda yeah. adverts. That's the Prairie Home Companion. Exactly, but he yeah. sort of fell foul of um, some historic sexual allegations. Oh, he did, didn't he? And yeah. went off the radar. But he had this great... That was a great show. He had this great gag in that, in that show. Yeah. And he said, uh, he told the story about this young guy going into a car dealership and, uh, and saying... I'm about to propose to my fiance, and I want to buy a car to yeah, give her as a gift. Right. And the guy says Chevrolet, and he says, "I don't know, but we'll find out." When <laughs> that's the car. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, this is one of the great things about some of the writing around Boris Johnson. I was reading Quentin Let's piece the other day, um, uh, yeah. where he refers to the American pole dancer as Ms. Rita Chevrolet. Yeah. You know, which is one of those great kind of things you can always use it, no matter yeah. where it yeah. is, and it's not at all offensive. Yeah. You know. Where were we? We were talking, we were talking about, about newspapers yeah. and whether or not. Well, yeah. see, what I was going to ask you, because yeah. quite often I'm the one, you know, bombastically giving you a lot of crap and not asking your opinion on it. Exactly. So for this, I think I'll, I'll take a rain check. Right. And I will ask you, ask you, you know, how do you structure the way that you do news vis-a-vis the way that the papers do it? Because yeah. you're basically presumably providing more than just a daily news service. You're also yeah. providing, if, if I'm not mistaken a kind of website-based information yes. page, rather yeah. than, you're not just telling people the news, you're no. probably telling people there's local advertising on there, maybe there's listings of yeah. things, there's like what's on at the cinema, yeah. is it all of that? So so this is my thing that, where, and this is a little bit controversial, this amongst media types, is that I think one of the problems local media has had is that it's, in terms of sort of like looking at the future, it's always had a bit of a self-esteem mm. issue. It's always assumed that the nationals know what they're doing. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's kind of taking their lead from them, which is why, you know, if you go onto your Liverpool Echo website or mm. the EDP in Norwich, which is one that I look at uh, and, and uh, run, it's, you know, it looks a bit like a national newspaper yeah. website. It's got the news, sport and all of this. And they probably know their local audience better they than any national know, newspaper. Listen, right? local news knows their audience better than anybody. But... It's it, it's got to stop being like a just a news service mm. talking at people to going back to being what it used to be, just yeah. the, like the absolute fabric of the community. You know, the place where everybody comes to tell anything that's happening. When mm. you get married, you go there, you tell them where you went on honeymoon. You know, yeah. if your dad dies, you know, you're sending the obituary and you expect it to be published. And every local shop in the high street would want to yeah. be part of it because that's where the community congregates. Mm. And... We're not as local papers across the country aren't aren't quite as uh, as emotionally engaging yeah. as they should be as they need to mm. be. But we've got plans. And I, do you think that's about local columnists and people who ha- have a point of view about something that's local? Yeah, I, mean, but, I found this in Scotland, for example, yeah. when we would generally speaking try and replace most of the English columnists in the Mirror. Partly, not because they weren't any good, mm. but because they weren't writing about anything that was very relevant to yeah, Scotland. Yeah. And I remember getting a phone call from Sue Carroll once, yeah. um, who was one of the great old stagers who sadly died of cancer a few years ago. But yeah. wonderful, always Terrific. ready for, you know, if you ever rang her up and said, oh, Sue, could you just do us a little piece for Scotland about it? Yeah. She'd always do it. All yeah. right, darling, you know, smoke like a chimney, she wonderful did. woman. Yeah. She rang me up one day and said, hi. She said, I'm hearing you, you're putting my fucking column on page 45. What are you doing? <laughs> I said, well, you're fucking lucky it stays in, Sue. Yours is about the only one that does. Yeah. Because most of them just get kicked out That's of the paper right. altogether. She was a terrific She was amazing. Journalist, yeah. um, but, we, but what we found was, was that in Scotland, which is not a region, of mm. course, it's a country. It's a nation, yeah. They were much more interested in people writing about things that were relevant to Scotland. Of course. 
than they were about things that were relevant to London. Yeah. And of course, national newspapers tend to be very London-centric, don't they? So one of, one of the things that I think we've got to do in the regions, and you know, I'm talking not just like you know Scotland. I mean, Scotland's like a... Like you say, it's a country. You yeah, know, but York, I mean, like Yorkshire, for example, yeah, is right. a very proud part of Britain, well, but take, it's got its own identity. But take, you know, little towns that are mm. represented by local weekly newspapers. I think because the resources has has uh, fallen yeah. in terms of how many journalists you got in these communities, because the commercial market has, mm. has fallen through the floor, yeah, right. you know, it's hard to exaggerate how much effect, you know, eBay has had on local newspapers, mm. you know. You remember the old days yeah. where it was full. That's where you went. It was full of classified ads. Yeah. Nothing now. Right. You know the motor sector really yeah. trying to hang on. Property, mm. right move, and yeah. and Zoopla. That's taken all of the money out of local newspapers and put it onto onto new digital uh, entities. So that's where the crisis is. Yeah. So resources fall, and we can't cover the communities like we used to. When I started in Formby, right, Formby yeah. Times, we had four people. In an office in Formby yeah. and out and about all the time, right. and, and, and two photographers. Other regional offices as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you, the community was really well covered. Now it's very hard to do that to mm. that level. Now I think that what we've got to start doing is building platforms, yeah. so websites that the community can actively be a part right. of. So you know, if you so run a little like kids in journalism, type yeah. Thing. So if you run a little kids football club, yeah. you can put the match report up yourself, okay. and every every team can put it up, and you can host the yeah. league table. Right. You can, that can be your space. And you have to somehow monitor that. And, and I think and to have... a degree to start with, yeah. so you don't want people putting all sorts of nasty stuff. Because you could get that. Yeah, but I mean? although it's exaggerated that fear, but anyway, yeah, I yeah. mean, so I think you could start off by. Uh, making sure that you know who everybody is, so mm. you got their email, you got their phone number. Right. But then you you sort of monitor their first few posts. Mm. You got people who do that. But then once you see that they know what they're doing and they they're doing a good job, let them loose. Yeah. You know, let let the police. So force. is it more about not so much news then locally yeah. as it is because one of the things that I think I've always thought about about sort of local news and national news is that national news in the olden days could afford to be a lot more brutal. Yeah. You know, a lot more kind of blimey, look at that guy. Yeah. What a scumbag. Yes. Look what he's done. Yes. But if you're in that town, it's the town doesn't necessarily want it treated like that. Yeah. They might want it done a different way. So the best example that way at all. The best example of that is and we can this is where we can start talking about the athletic a bit, yeah. is is about how regional newspapers cover their football Mm. clubs and you know as well as I know that the national tabloids yeah. are just full of bullshit you yeah. know about oh so and so is going to buy Messi or yeah. you know we saw Ronaldo looking for a house in mm. Oldham you know so although to be fair to the guys writing that stuff somebody's yeah. telling it to them it's yeah. not as if they're making yeah. it up. But, you don't want to well, give the wrong impression. Well, I'm not sure entirely about Well, if that. you want to make that accusation, you can. Well I, well, I mean, I'm sure I wouldn't be completely laughed out of court if I was to say that there are some sports journalists who, in the past, have taken what you would call a massive flyer mm. on a bit of nonsense if right. they thought they were short of a back page lead. Mm. Anyway, yeah. moving on from that... Some of that can come from their bosses, though, rather it, than Of course them. it can, and the pressure that yeah. you, you're under. But the um, And also, just to say that that... In part, that's become entertainment, hasn't mm. it? You know, like people love the yeah. transfer window. They yeah. love the gossip. Of course. And no one really expects it all to be true. But you love the sort of idea that... Oh, well, when you listen to the phone-in shows, and I don't yeah. just mean the ones on TalkSport and Talk Radio, I'm talking about, you know, Five Live, yeah. anywhere else that they do it. Yeah. You know, you basically get people talking about things which people want to talk about. So it's yeah. almost like what you're suggesting about local newspapers yeah. being driven by local kind of content. That's right. In the same way that newspapers, that newspapers now, to a lesser extent, but certainly broadcasters now, can take 
people's voices who are just members of the public and say to them, well, you know, why is Andy Carroll saying that the team just completely collapsed at the right. weekend? Right. You know, what's going on with, with Steve yeah. Bruce? You know, why is Steve Bruce any good as a... You know, and it's all speculative. Well, mate, I mean... And it's all content. You guys, anybody who has real regular contact with yeah. their audience soon switches onto the fact that, you know, they are sometimes talking about a whole set yeah. of stuff that isn't considered to Absolutely. be journalism. Yeah. You know, so to give but you... This is the point, you know, yeah. when I was in news... When I first went to radio... I very quickly learned that I wasn't in charge anymore. Yeah. You know, being in newspapers, it gives you this kind of slightly big-headed kind of situation where you I'll go... I'll tell you I'll what tell the you news what the is. That's right, that's right. And that right. used to be yeah. my attitude. Yeah. And then after I'd done this overnight show for a while, I thought, hang on a minute. Yeah. You know, they're telling me what the news is, and they're that's telling right. me what they want to talk about. Now, I can have an opinion on it, but I can't tell them what the news is anymore. So this is one of the big battles that I have with, with journalists, and funnily enough, younger journalists as mm. much as anything, because they all come out of college having yeah. had the same sort of course and have all been taught by people who've got a fairly rigid idea of what journalism yeah. is and I tell them you know journalism isn't you know these things right. and then outside of that that's not journalism right. journalism is whatever your audience yeah. is, is worried about yeah. talking about laughing about well look at social I mean the social media now yeah. drives an awful lot more journalism yeah. than, it, than it does the other way around well you we know, you very rarely see social media picking up a story yeah you quite often see it the other way around, the social media doing something, and then suddenly it's written about That's as right. a story. So, I mean, most newsrooms now, especially the Nationals, will have people dedicated yeah. to just looking at Twitter feeds, yeah. you know, or Facebook feeds. Right. I mean, I end up quite often in, um, for some reason, the Express Online, because seems to quite like... Oh, they love... Do. Oh, but, mate, but they, they love it. But they love brilliant. a tear-up yeah, on the radio. They certainly you know? do. Um, and they listen to... obviously listen to talk radio quite yeah. a lot. Um, and just will write a story yeah. that I've told some MP to go and stick his head in a bucket, you know, or whatever it is. Yeah. And that's now that's news. But I, mate, I don't know who runs the Express's website, but they they are doing a terrific job. They are because they. I mean, every time I'm on Good Morning Britain or or your show or mm. whatever, and, and some you say anything remotely controversial, yeah. Five minutes later, it's up there. It's you know, the editor of the New European, yeah. blah blah blah, right. and and they, so they know their audience, so they're, they're, they're it, feeding yeah. it, and. I think, you know, that's that's something that local papers need to, to really focus on. We've got, we let people send in photographs, mm. right, to a, to a, a, a website right. uh, called Eyewitness. And, okay. and you can form an account, send in photos, and, and all the other people can talk about and it. And can they be, any photos, do they have to be newsy? Or no, no, so this is the point, right? right. So about 60% of the photos that people send in are of sunsets. Right. right. And we, as journalists, all look at them and go, bloody sunsets, who yeah, cares? Yeah. Well, the fact is, they care. They do, yeah. You know, and I say, you know, if they're, if they're sending thousands of sunset photos mm. in, we should be doing a Sunset of the Week yeah. competition Absolutely. or embrace it yeah. rather than sneer at exactly it. Exactly right. Know? And I think that's the difference now. And I think yeah. that's what we've all had to learn. And some people still haven't quite learned yeah. it. Yeah. You know, the, the fact is that somehow now, stories like, for example, the Mail on Sunday story at the weekend... Uh, which was all about this, you know, in Downing Street in probe into, you know, collusion with the European Union. Yeah. Which to a large extent was the biggest load of bollocks I've seen since the day the Sunday stars, you know, <laughs> new evidence for Princess Diana crash. Yeah. Because somewhere halfway down the story it said, Oh, um, Downing Street refused to confirm that this was actually a story, you know, yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. So you just kind of go, well, that's just a punt, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's literally, I mean, it's the equivalent of yeah. Lionel Messi's coming to Manchester United, that's you know, right. political boys. That's but right. somebody would have told them that, yeah. and somebody would have said, you know, I mean, it didn't take, you know, Inspector Clouseau no. to work out that Dominic Grew's been, you know, collaborating with the Europeans. Yeah. There's film of him sitting there talking to them. You know, he goes and has regular meetings with the EU. What's the big deal? I had a very interesting experience after the launch of the New Europeans. Oh. There was a lot of interest in it. 
it because you know new newspaper and yeah. all a bit of a well I'm surprised thing. you haven't been accused of being in the pay of the EU oh you no know? I have been they've repeatedly. separately put the back on your house oh no they read uh, everybody <laughs> I, honestly mate every week there's hundreds of people who funds you who yeah. funds you that's the new mantra Michelle Barnier yeah. who funds George you George know, Soros so, I, I wish yeah. and if George Soros happens to be listening I am, uh, op- I am open to yeah, yeah, I got accused of being in, in the pay of somebody the other day I was like oh, I wish they did pay you <laughs> talk yeah, radio I would be yeah <laughs> I mean yeah well I'm in the pay of talk radio that's who pays me literally who I work for you know yeah. but you were going to say I've lost my thread completely no now. you were going to say that uh, you had a funny uh, when you first launched the New York oh yes yeah, sorry yes it's, no, absolutely so loads of newspapers and websites came in and right. interviewed us and said what's it all about and I gave quotes and then the stories would duly yeah. appear and everything I had said in the, in the quotes would appear as fact right. right now it just so happens that it was fact yeah but the New York Times came and did a big piece, right? And mm. I was on the phone to this New York Times reporter about eight times. Right. She phoned me. She was, must have been about three hours in total, right? Oh, yeah. They sent their own photographer to Norwich to take right. a photo of us. And then Norwich. When, when she had written the story, I got phoned by a fact, a fact checker, checker right? uh, who went through about six different details. Yeah. Like, you said it was Red Church Street in Shoreditch that you had this idea. Yeah, yeah. Can you just help us? Because we can't find that cafe that you said it's on Red Jesus Church Street. I mean, Christ. honest to God, this is yeah. someone sitting in New York. Yeah. And the New York Times was the only newspaper that checked anything I'd mm. said. Anything. Right. So I could have just been bullshitting for England. Okay. And I did think... You know, we, uh, we, you know, in the trade, we are too quick, perhaps, just to, we've got our standards of what mm. is acceptable as a story. Well, he told me, and, yeah. and he didn't deny it. Right, right, let's run it. Well, do you know, the National Enquirer had a similar system, though. Partly, I'm not surprised <laughs> that it went this way, because it was a lot of Brits that were running National Enquirer in the old days. Yeah. But the Enquirer's now actually got quite a good reputation for breaking stories. Yes, it does. Particularly political stories. Yeah. Of course, nobody knew at the time that they were getting fed all these political stories by Donald Trump. <laughs> but that, you know, that's the way it goes. But, um, but they broke the Gary Hart story, you know, yeah. way back when. Uh, they'd done also that the other guy, uh, what was his name? Was it Edwards? The guy whose wife had cancer and he was... Banging the um, oh god yeah the woman who was making the film yes that. yes horrible guy yeah, anyway yeah. Uh, they used to have a fact checking department yeah and I did some work for them way back when in the eighties you know um, and they would get the fact checking department if you'd interviewed somebody who'd seen an alien for example yeah they would go and so um, so who was it that said they saw the alien you go well it's Tom you know Harbour from you know Silver Springs Maryland yeah. okay and this is his address yeah yeah and he said he saw the alien yeah okay that's good enough yeah. you know and so as long as somebody said it that was a fact two sources you know two fine. sources. Yeah, that's, fine. that's fine yeah we've checked him in the book he definitely yeah. lives there you know and that but so there's I suppose there's yeah. two sides to every coin there are. so briefly before mm. we close the yes. athletic which yes is this we're watching this with some interest aren't we yes because so in case you don't know the athletic has been it's a, a US sports business sports yeah. media business mm. and from what I can gather fairly successful in, in the US and they've branched very out very young though isn't it very young and they've got loads of money behind them yeah and they've branched out into the UK and they've been going around poaching yeah. really good football writers yeah. from regional national newspapers. Yeah. And there's a, a, a mate of mine, Ed Malian, who's a really, really yes. talented guy, is the managing director or the editor okay. of it. Anyway, I know so him from, I know that name. He was somewhere. at the Mirror for a long time. Yeah. Anyway, really, really top-notch group of people. And the idea is is that you will pay, I think it's a five or a month. Yeah, five ninety nine or something. To, yeah. get, to get this wonderful analysis yes. of your football team on yeah. the Athletic. And... For, I think, you know, wonderful for those journalists who've had massive pay yeah. hikes and they've gone off. 
but I can't help feeling that it's going to go bust in about a year. Well, I've said this to you before that you know there's definitely a market for that in America, partly yeah. because of the numbers. Yeah, they've got so many people there, and people are fanatical about American yeah. football, about baseball, about hockey. You know, there is a market. I'm not sure the market is here. Yeah, because even though. Um, they have newspapers, we have newspapers, I and mean, we have a pretty high standard of journalism yeah. in newspapers. But you might argue, I suppose, that if you were going to subscribe to the Times, it's going to cost you a lot more than um, you know twenty quid a month. Yeah, Maybe but but, lot, but you but, subscribe you know. to the Times because of the breadth of brilliance. Yes. I mean, if I want to read about Liverpool Football Club, yeah. I'm not going to go and pay five pounds to read two articles a week from some fellow, no. and I can read Phil McNulty or I can read yeah. you know any number of yeah. David Connor, any number of brilliant people. Yeah, and. You know, in Norwich, you know, one of the titles I work for, uh, the EDP, brilliant journalist called Michael Bailey, yeah. who has gone from the EDP to the Athletic. Right. Great guy, wish him nothing but the best. But we've got a guy called Paddy Davitt, who yeah. is a brilliant writer about Norwich City. Why would you, why would you pay yeah. that much money? So I think the answer to that is one of the few things that the British media do still brilliantly is is covering football. Mm. Yeah. And uh, to try and crack that market. And by the way. 96% of traffic on national newspaper websites is all about the Premier League. Yeah. You know, it's not boxing Formula One. No. It's all Prem, Prem, yeah. Prem. Well, so, I remember talking to somebody about the early days of Talk Sport yeah. when Kelvin McKenzie was running it. Yeah. And they decided to buy the rights to the Rugby League for some reason. Right? Right. But I think they got them for such a small amount of money, it didn't matter. Yeah. But actually, the, the, the take-up on it, the, the listener figures, were so low yeah. that they didn't register at all. Yeah. And it got to the point where it was so bad that basically they just had to drop it before they yeah. ruined their whole you know, figures for the rest of the station. Yeah. Because as much as, you know, that's a, a big sport in certain parts of the country, it doesn't produce mass audience. The yeah. only thing that does that is football. That's right. And yeah. the local papers in St. Helens and, yeah. and Bradford and Witness and Leeds, they'll all cover that yeah. brilliantly, you yeah. know, on the local radio stations. Yeah. So but I, know from doing, but I know from doing, you know, football phone-ins and sports phone-ins, you don't get anybody phoning in, yeah. really. About anything other than football. Than football, yeah. you know, unless unless you decide to have a go at Andy Murray, yeah. or you decide to you know have a go at some golfer who said something ridiculous, you know. But basically, you don't get opinions and opinionated yeah. people talking about sport no. around anything other than, unless they're just geeks, yeah. you know, which lasts for about five minutes, and then you go, "Oh, we're out of calls yeah. now." Thanks, Thanks very much. much. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Move on. I suppose we should stop. Now. We should move on before everyone else moves on. Exactly right. We'll see you next week. See you next week. show apparently on the BBC called The Papers I've heard of it which is all yeah. about the Herald Glasgow Herald yeah I think it's in two parts so I'm going to try and watch it yeah. over the next week and maybe we'll talk about well, it well I'm especially interested in that because I applied and was interviewed for the editorship of The, so the Herald were you really was that most recently like sort of around about 2005-ish Yes, yeah. by a guy called Tim Lotter. That's him, yeah, yeah I was yeah, yeah. for that job. Right, and I'm, thank God I didn't get it, because yeah, I, I think it was an absolute well, disaster. Well, if, if I had got that job, I might never have gone to radio, because yeah. I'd just been fired by the Mirror, yeah. um, and uh, the Mirror were shutting down the Scottish operation, yeah. and somebody told me they were looking for a new editor at the Herald, and I went, well, I'll go for that. And of course, they, you, could, you could almost see the sort of dripping sarcasm oh, from God. this guy. It was he a nightmare. never wanted to hire me, because I'd worked for yeah. Tablet, which was one of those snobs, That's right. who clearly thought that, you know, and also, I had a bit of a reputation in Scotland, funny enough, for being a bit of a troublemaker. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think they quite saw me as the safe pair of hands. Yeah. If you look at all the Toyotas mm. and all of the other, the Lexus and all of that, they've all got nice yeah. happy faces as cars. It's interesting, isn't it? Because lights now on cars have become a massive thing. Yes. You know, I mean, my car's got these sort of L-shaped 
yes. side lights that are on practically pretty much all the time. Yeah. And I'm told you can really see the car coming from a long way away. Yeah. And you've got those other weird lights that look blue. Like tungsten. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. yeah. But I mean, there's no such thing now as an ordinary light. Right. I mean, I, I imagine your new car has got some pretty fabulous lights. The Tesla. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what power. I mean, I think it's just fairy dust or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Elon Musk's yeah. cannabis oil. E Elon something. Musk's mucus yeah. or something like that. <laughs> I'm about to propose to my fiance and I want to buy a car to yeah. give her as a gift. Right. And the guy says Chevrolet and he says, I don't know, but we'll find out when he gets the car. <laughs>